Good afternoon. Everyone take a deep breath because you ate too much just like me. And if you fall asleep, so anyway, <laughs> and it'll be on the internet so everyone will know. But anyway, good that we can all be together. And you know, just like the passage, us, one body and many members. And you think how uh, how each member, how much you guys uh, eating lunch. And I notice a lot of you, every time your elbow bent, your mouth flew open so you could put that food in there. But isn't it amazing how the body parts work together? And that's how a church is supposed to work. We are on one another. Now, that doesn't mean I think about a fella, before I get into this lesson too much, by the name of Frank Travis. Cubans, Kansas, I uh, baptized him in the Kenya River a lot of years ago. He's dead and gone now, but he, he was a young man of 72 when I baptized him. He lost his left arm when he was young, uh, reaching over a board to pull a shotgun. The shotgun went off and shot his arm off. So he just had a... But I tell you what, I've worked with him before, and if he had any tools, I don't know how he does that. Stuff everywhere, and he could keep up with you. Well, he could outwork most men with two arms with one arm. But I was talking to old Frank several times, and I said, "You're amazing." He says, "Yeah." Sometimes I think, man, what could I? He of course understood. He lived his life figured out how to do it with one arm, but he knew that he couldn't do what he could have done if he had both arms. Now that being said. But the church functions way better with you. And that's for it to be. And that's what we have to understand how important with the congregation, especially the congregation, how important each individual is. And if I had time today, and we don't, I would spend some time over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16, and verse 18, the church by each individual doing their part. And so I think but I want to show you a few things in this context in one body. Well, we could go to a lot of passages about there being one body, one church, couldn't we? I mean, we, we might, we're going to hit on some of them in a little while, but there's a bunch of them. But, so there's only one body, one church. The Bible makes that so plain. It's church Jesus built, Matthew chapter 16. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. It's not your church. It's not our church. It's his church. And since it's his, he gets to decide how things go. He gave us a book, and we can read. And we can see how he wants it to happen, what's acceptable and what's unacceptable to him. And you can do or say whatever you want, but it's not yours. It's his. And so we have to understand that. But here in this passage, I think it's interesting, in verse 3 of the context we're looking at, for through the grace of me, I say to everyone among you, he's telling now, this isn't really me. This is what God has given me, graciously given me through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, don't think more highly of himself than you He says, don't be thinking you're all that. You know, sometimes people think they're irreplaceable. Is that right? Uh, not that we're not important. Not that we don't add value. Not that God didn't make us extreme. 
God gave us the greatest value. For God so loved the world, he gave us God said we're that valuable. So we do have that kind of value. Our greatest value is in Christ. And we get to have that. the grave. And we have to remember that. But I, I look at this passage, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. You know, I remember way back yonder, I don't know how many years, probably in the 80s, when Mac Davis come out with that song, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're so perfect. Now, of course, he's just having fun with it. Sometimes I've sung that song to people just having fun with it. But we have to understand we better be joking about that. When you really look at it, when I really examine myself and I think about what the Lord's done for me and how pitiful I am and how great He is and the value that He brings to me by the forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I understand passages like John chapter 15 and verse 5 when Jesus would say, Without me you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. You can't accomplish anything with eternal value with Jesus Christ. Dennis, I don't think, went to the passage today, but he mentioned the teaching of it when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. And no one, no one comes to Father but by me. Jesus gives the church worldwide, the church of Christ, different than every other religious organization. Is who died for it, what was paid, the blood of Christ, Acts 20, uh, 28 through 30, or 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, we did. It's paid for by the blood of Christ. And it's the only church that will stand up to the gates of hell. Remember in Matthew chapter 16, it talks about the gates of hell will not overpower it. And so how great and awesome it is. But Sometimes I look and think about this more than others when I'm just praying and thinking and trying to meditate on God's Word on my own. And Wow. Without Jesus, the only thing i got to look forward to is condemnation. It's H-E-L-L. -L. Wow. But in Christ, I can receive an inheritance of the glorious heaven. And I can have a man. It's a great and wonderful thing. So let's look at a couple passages. Not thinking more about ourselves because as soon as we think we're better than anybody else in here, now we got friction, don't we? Jesus was better than all of us, but he thought we were worth whatever needed to be done. So over in Romans chapter 11 and verse 20, listen to this. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not concede it, but fear. He said, you better show some real respect and reverence to God. And don't think that you, individually, or you collectively, without Christ, but realize, I think about that confidence that was mentioned this morning in class, and I think about uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25, it is pretty awesome that I can go to God in prayer and I have confidence that here's my prayer in Christ. It's great that I have confidence that I could sing praises to God in spirit and truth and He accepts it. 
I mean, everything about this is great. It's not confident in who I am. It's confident in who he is and what he's made me. And we have to understand what our confidence is in. Uh, Romans chapter 12, if you would. Listen to this, verse 16. It kind of hits the nail on the head. Be of the same mind towards one another. That does not mean, I think people miss this sometimes, that you treat everybody the same. People say, what? You don't treat everybody the same. You know, you look at that. Here's Dylan. He's a grandson. There's Skylar back there. She's a granddaughter. But I mess with Dylan, and I mess with Skylar. But since Dylan's a big old boy, I mess with him different than I mess with that little girl, don't I? Why? Because there's a difference between them. Now, they both have the same length of hair, but it's a difference between them. <laughs> See, I do mess with him. And, and I can understand that on a physical level, but so we've got to respect one another. And we've got to try to understand each other. And definitely want to be comfortable with each other. Isn't that important? We've talked about that since we've started worshiping here, how comfortable it is. How at peace. I like, I like to be at peace with things. I like that. I get tired of turmoil. It just, it'll wear you down. And so I think I've read before that in Christ we have a peace that passeth understanding. And indeed we do. So look at this passage while I read on here. I got carried away. But associate with the lowly and do not be wise in your own estimation. So I guess what he's kind of saying there, I don't think I'm going beyond what it's saying. I think what he's saying there, Kendall, you need to think that you're at the bottom of the totem pole. That everybody else is above you. And that's what you need to think too. That everybody else is above you. And so we have to understand people's value. My soul so much that he did that. That is overwhelming. Awesome Savior. So we look back at this passage. Verse 4. Just as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function. That's correct. And we who are many are one body in Christ. So we know we're talking about the church, and we're individual. So... I hear people say things that aren't correct. Well, I'm the church. You're not the church. We're the church. Collectively, we're the church. Individually, I'm not the church. To accomplish God's will collectively, and that's how come we have to work with one another. You remember if you go all the way back in Genesis. Right after Adam and Eve we find we find out that chose to do what he wanted to do. Abel chose to do what pleased God. We see the outcome of it all, but do you remember when I come to Cain and ask about Abel? Do you, I cannot believe anybody wants to do this. Who am I, my brother's keeper? Do you know what the correct answer to that is? 
Yes, you are. Yes, you are your brother's keeper. That was true about Cain and Abel. I think about it. Challenges. You know, we don't need to think someone else in the congregation is taking care of contacting them. We need to make sure we contact them. We need to make sure we encourage them. We have to remember that. I know even if the passage is going to go on to some of these, honestly, given in the first century, power of the Holy Spirit. been teaching the Sunday morning class and he gets to take a break now but he's done a great job Caleb's been teaching the kids he's coming out here you know you look at that Dennis will tell you Caleb will tell you and anyone that's ever taught no one learns as much about the material as a teacher I mean you can say what you want you can think you do let me put you in front of people and let's see what you say you have to be prepared you have to be ready and so you look at that, so he's saying whatever we're doing for the church, and it can be all kinds of things, can it be? It can be a phone call, it can be texting, it can be going and seeing somebody, taking them by some candle or something, you know? It can be something like, I see you know how But anyway, no, you know, it can be any of those things, but that's how we show interest and love and concern for one. And that, you, you know, sometimes we sing that song, Bind Us Together, and that's the kind of stuff that binds us together. It isn't singing the song that's going to bind you together. It isn't just coming and going through the five acts of worship. Don't misunderstand. They're huge, they're essential, and we should enjoy doing them. But that isn't the totality. That's only to prepare us, first of all, to make sure we're honoring and worshiping and glorifying God. But make sure we're ready to go out and be a bright light in the world. And that's what we have to be. We have to remember that. One body. That we looked at before. You know over in Ephesians... Oh, I think time to slow down, so I'll just rattle off real quick. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, we've looked at them before. You go to the drugstore and write out a list. Why you guys can't remember thinking that? Forgets where the list is. Okay, so that's a coming. It's a hand. Okay, you know. So may, get you sharp. You start writing on your hand. You don't have to worry about where your list is till you hit your head. And, oh yeah, it's in the, I got to look in the mirror. But anyway, the Bible is reminders all the time. So all things in subjection under His feet. And gave him his head over all things to the church. Jesus is in charge of all. It isn't what you want. It isn't what I just want to do. What the Lord wants. Is the body of Christ and the church of Christ the same thing? It continues on with that thought. And then remember, Ephesians one: the body of Christ and church of Christ are the same. He introduced it in the first chapter. So when you get to chapter 4 and verse 4 and says there's one body, is that the same as if he said there's one church? Yeah, he just introduced that. 
So how many churches are there that are pleasing to God? I don't make them up. He said there's one. You know, that's about the easiest number to learn is one. One. It doesn't get simpler than one. You know, if you're... Dylan, what car are you driving today? Well, only have one. So you don't get options of what... You don't get a big one. Well, Kendall, which wife are you going to... I've only had one. There's one. That makes it easy. One. Solomon, he wasn't very bright. I got one. He's wise. Look at this. How many churches are there? The Bible says there's one in the church. Look on down at verse uh, 12. Four. Service for the building up of the body of Christ. Dennis mentioned in his prayers a lot about growing the church, this congregation. And when you do that, it grows two ways. It can grow numerically, but it also has to grow co cohesively and in spirit. So we have to grow in knowledge. Growing and by us growing together and us growing towards Him. And so that's what He mentions. Church. And we jump on down to verse 25. Therefore, lay aside all falsehoods, speaking the truth to each other, uh, each, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members one of. Seven o'clock. I run through a stop sign, get this carload of people, kill three of them, and my blood alcohol levels two point oh. Is that going to affect the rest of you? Yeah. Now I don't have to be something big like that. What you do affects me, and what I do affects you all the time. That's just how it is. We have to understand it. Now, here's what I know. Since I know what I do affects you, I want the effect to be positive. I don't want to be that which is negative. And so we have to remember that. So he can put this thing out to us. Well, uh, Matthew 16, I didn't mention it. 16 through 19, where Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And then he goes on and says, you're the Christ. And he says, upon this confession, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades will not overpower it. Turn with me, though, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Corinthians 12. Another chapter about the body and members. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, first, let me show you the verse that gets over by members of the church all the time. Listen, verse 13, it's so important. People miss this all the time. Uh, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. How many bodies can you be baptized into if you're baptized according to the New Testament? Let me ask you this. So you can't be... I still like Raccoon John Smith, who coined the phrase, and I use it a lot. Be taught wrong and baptized right. It's impossible. And you can't attach yourself to the nation. And then later people say, well, they, they did what was right. No, they, they, they weren't baptized into the one body. I don't make this stuff up. I just read it. 
And so we got to be baptized into that one body. Corinthians chapter 12. But now there are many members, but one body. Now I want you to think about that. First century. The church went from nothing. 3,000. One. Persecution came on. Well, before persecution came on the church. The church in Jerusalem, men alone numbered 5,000. Now, if you got a woman with every one of those men, we're at 10,000. If they all got a couple of kids, whoo! We're talking a huge number. How many churches were there? One. And then we started the missionary uh, trips like of Paul and Barnabas and Silas and all those men. And the church, they went about preaching and they started the church, the congregation in Ephesus and Galatia. It just goes on and on. But even though there's all those congregations, how many churches were there? One. Now we got congregations of the Lord's church on all the continents, but there's one church. Now that's what you to read and to reason, but people seem to people start themselves a new church. I don't want to start a new church. I had someone just this week, so you started a new church? No. We are in Grace Summit. We're still part of the one that was started back in Acts chapter 2. Not no new one. Same old one there's always been. Man drifts away from that. But we've got to stay true to that. They didn't, you know, I'm talking above their heads. They don't know what I'm saying. But they knew. I know that. He told me they didn't start a new church. a new church. We might be a new congregation, but we're the same old church. We're wrong church. There's only one. Many. Turn back to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, verse 17. This is an interesting one too. This is right before the 11th chapter. That's pretty hard to figure out, huh? 10th chapter before the 11th. But in the 11th chapter, he deals with the Lord's Supper. Law. Listen to this in verse 10. In, excuse me, in chapter 10 and verse 17. Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for all partake of one bread. So we come together. Acts 20, verse 7. They came together. They came together. They were somewhere else and they all got together. In 2020, the church lost that verse, I think. They came together. Did they stay home to break bread? No, they came together to break bread. In the chapter, we're going to find where the thought so do some other people probably the Lord's Supper. But communion. And he really drives that point home in chapter to the point of some of those brethren were showing up and they were hungry and they weren't waiting for other brethren to get there. Maybe they started at 8 o'clock at well, 15 minutes till. They were all there early and they were hungry. So let's have the Lord's Supper now. And they'd eat all the bread and drink all the food. Make the Lord's Supper. You greedy, stingy fellow. Who do you think you are? This is the whole thing about being one body. So we don't just get to do what's good for me. You know, we think about that. I know in this room, I'm sure right now, 
There are some people who are comfortable. There are some people who are cold, and I'm burning up. Do something in the middle, don't we? Everybody's not going to be comfortable because everybody's body's not the same. So you know what? I had to take off my jacket. I still remember here in Kansas in April. I got to 96 in Kansas in April. But I got there Sunday morning. I preached. First thing I did was get rid of my tie. Uh, no, that was like during Bible class. It's hot in there. That that little windows on the sides. Outhouse out. Two outhouses. They were high fluting people. They had two outhouses. And um, it's hot in there. All got some fans, no AC units. And I'd got my tie, and I've loosened that thing, and I'm soaked, sweating. And so it comes time to preach, man. I'm I get rid of my jacket during the sermon. And I'll always remember Undine Kyer. They had some great names. She shows up with this fan. She says, Kendall, I brought you a fan tonight. I was worried what you might take off next. But anyway, so I've, I've preached for sweatshirt. I've preached whatever. You know, whatever it needs to be. We can cry about anything anymore, can't we? Now, those people. You know, and you're only together for a few hours anyway. Not enough that I So there's one body, but there's many members. And so that's what makes that body strong. That's what makes it strong as its head, of course. Because those many members submit to that head. So turn with me back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read a few verses here. Listen as I pick up the For the body is not one member, but many. arguing with your hand, you got problems. It's not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the ear says, my ears never talked, but if the ear says, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. What's that next thing say? Just as he desired. Who in the world do you think you are to change what God has established and placed? All one member would the body be. 
but now there are many members of one body. And he continues on with this thought pattern for a long ways. I'm going to pick all the way up down at verse 25, though, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. But now anymore, if I do something like that, I think, oh man, sleep tonight's going to be terrible. Because I never have understood how your heart gets in your thumb. Boom, boom, boom. It doesn't fit because it tears, it's terrible. But I want you to think, see, that's how God made the physical body. Do you know that's how he made, so when the one member of the body, the church hurts, everybody comes to its aid, doesn't it? What well, better? We're there for each other to give them what they need. But now what happens sometimes, have you ever noticed some people sometimes cry because they're not getting the care they think they need, but they don't do anything for anybody else? Hmm. I still remember me and an elder making a visit years ago in Alaska, and the fellow said, well, he wouldn't come to church anymore because no one ever invited him over to eat. So I'm listening for a while, and the elder's talking to him for a while, and I finally can't keep my mouth shut. I said, can I ask you a question? Yeah? How many people have you invited over to eat? And he looks at me. He said, that's not the point. I said, that is the point. I said, you're a hypocrite. You want to point at somebody else for things you don't do yourself, and then you're going to make them be guilty, but you're not guilty. That don't make any sense. And so we've got to understand, but we've got to give care, even when other people aren't given the care they need to give. There's so many things we need to remember. Um, as we look on this passage, let me go on a little further. If any member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member's honored, all members rejoice with it. Isn't that amazing? I heard several people tell Samantha, congratulations. I even told her I can't call her Samantha anymore. I've got to call her Miss Whitaker now because she's a teacher. So, you know, you look at that. Sorry, Samantha, you're still going to be Samantha to me. But anyway, no, you look at that, and we can have fun with it all, but we're happy for her, aren't we? We're tickled. We're excited. That's a great thing. Because when one member says, we're all happy about that. And so you look at that, that's how it's supposed to be. He goes on, verse 27, now you are Christ's body. Now I'm going to tell you, if I was you, I'd underline that. Now you are Christ's body. Now you are Christ's body. And end of it, you're Christ's body. You're saved. You've been added to the church. If we had time, we'd turn to Ephesians 5.23. He's the Savior of the body. No one else, nothing else. He's the Savior of the body. I want to hit just a couple more verses. This lesson will be yours. Turn with me over to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Let us not lose heart in doing good. Do we ever do that? We're doing some good stuff, and all of a sudden we kind of, oh man, it isn't doing any good, or no one else is helping, or way, 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 way. You know, that's when someone says, you know, you like a little cheese with that wine, or what? But you know, people get to whining about this. So here's what he says here. He says, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we don't grow weary. 
That's kind of what Dennis was hitting on this morning. Wouldn't it be a shame? Rudine, I'm going to use you as an example. So Rudine, she'd been a faithful member. Wouldn't it be a, a terrible shame if now she threw in the towel? If now she just decided... It would be tragic if anybody did that, but I'd, I'd be going to Rudine's house and say, what is wrong with you? You know, I mean, it, it just... I'm not worried about her doing that, but you know, I've known people who've done that. Been members of the church for decades. And for one reason or another, they got their feelings hurt or something. Did the Lord do something to put you down? Why would you give up on God when people let you down? But I think about this passage. He says, in due time, you'll reap if you do not grow weary. You know what? I know Dennis and I have talked about him finding employees, and I talked to a lot of other employers finding employees. Do you know people would like to show up on Friday and get their paycheck, but they don't want to show up the rest of the week to work? Dennis, now they'd be glad if you just had the paycheck ready on Friday, like they worked 40 hours, but they'd just show up on Friday to pick up the check and go to the bank. They'd like that. Some people in here would even probably be willing to work for you if that was the case. But you look at that, but see, that's, and you, and you did hit, you did hit on something that's so important. Do you know faithful Christians aren't lazy? And they would, they would know they stole from you if they did that. A faithful Christian would know they were a thief. And isn't it interesting? I want you to think about um, the parable of the talents. The biggest insult he gives the man who didn't use it, he said, called him wicked and lazy. You know, lazy is evil. Industrious. God needs industrious people. We got to be on fire, but it's easy to forget. Like we just sang, it's easy to forget this world's not my own. And so let's read on just a little bit. So then, while we have opportunity, got a young lady was a member of the Fordland Church of Christ. She don't have opportunity to do anything anymore on this earth, like that. Some reckless driver runs into her. She goes off the road to miss him completely, flips her car and die, and he runs away. They're still looking for him. While you have don't put off. While you have opportunity, let us do good to all people, everyone, everyone that we know, but especially those of the household of faith. So if I leave you with one thing this afternoon, remember there's one body, one church. Franklin County, we're members of this congregation. And there's one church. And you know what? Everyone's needed here. But let me also understand, we all got to be doing our part. And we need to be so thankful. Aren't you thankful Jesus did His part? Aren't you thankful He's still doing His part? Aren't you thankful He won't stop doing His part until He returns to take the faithful home? You and I have to be faithful to the end. If you're a Christian and you wore out or given up or just need the prayers of the church to be stronger, man, don't leave without asking for that today. And if you're not a Christian, you say, you know what, today is the day. I'm going to put on Christ in baptism. Jesus himself is going to add me to that one body, that one church. And I'm going to be one member of the one body. If we can help you this afternoon, please come as we stand and sing.